0: Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, episode number 23. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for taking the time to download this file and for taking the time to sit down and listen to the instruction that I'm going to go through today. It's my sincere hope that what I'm going to go through today uh, is going to have um, an effect on your tennis game. I, I want to help you play better tennis, and that's always my goal at Essential Tennis. And through the Essential Tennis podcast is to help improve the tennis games of tennis enthusiasts everywhere. Because you're listening and you've taken the time to invest in your tennis game, I know that you have a passion for it and you want to improve. So hopefully the topics I discussed today will have relevance uh, to your game and will be of help to you. As always, if there's anything specific you'd like me to talk about or any specific problem you might have with your tennis game, whether it has to do with technique on a certain one of your strokes or strategy in your match and point play or equipment and gear or maybe fitness and your mental game, you're, you're always welcome to contact me through the website at EssentialTennis.com and I'd love to try to help you directly with your tennis. Today we're going to just do some question and answering that uh, I've, I've gotten from a, a couple of different listeners. I've got two or three questions here that I'd like to answer. We haven't really done just a Q&A show in a while, a uh, podcast in a while, and I'm looking forward to, to doing that. We're going to discuss uh, grip size briefly. We're going to talk about breathing and how to breathe correctly as you play your points on the courts. And we're also going to talk, if we have time, about serving from the different sides of the court the deuce and add sign. So those are the topics that we have on the docket for today. And now it's time for Essential Tennis Q&A. All right. The first question that we're going to tackle for today is a question from Charles in Maryland. He posted this question on the Essential Tennis forums, which, by the way, is a great place to go and be part of a a community of of tennis players that really that really is passionate about tennis and and loves it. Um, it's something that I've enjoyed a lot, and I'm I'm glad that I added it to EssentialTennis.com. Uh, but Charles posted this question there, and I'll answer it here on the podcast. He wrote. I figure the answer to this question will be a matter of personal taste, but how does grip size influence things? Once upon a time they would say that the grip should be a certain size based on the length of the tip of the middle finger to some place in the palm. I have friends who prefer large grips, somewhere around 4 and 3 quarters inch or larger. On the other hand, it's well known that both Nadal and Federer use very small grips. Federer is probably around four and three-eighths, and doll is apparently even smaller at four and one-quarter. Any thoughts? Well, Charles, the uh, first thing you said is correct. Um, it really is a, a matter of personal taste. There's not really a, a right or wrong way to go about it. It's mostly personal preference. That being said, there are some generalities when it comes to grip size as far as what a certain size grip is going to lend itself to. Um, and again, it's, it's a general thing. It doesn't mean that you're going to be bad at the opposite necessarily. But in general, a small grip will equal easy, easier acceleration of the racket. And in general, a larger grip will equal better touch and feel. Um, When your hand is not holding such a a big grip, um, it's a little bit easier to rotate the racket and to accelerate it. And when you have a larger grip, when you have a a bigger handle in your hand, typically that lends itself to a little bit better touch. If you like to serve and volley a lot, um, a, a larger grip a lot of times is preferable. Now, your your standard tennis grip size is four and three-eighths. That's usually for an adult size racket. The grip size that uh, is kind of the standard size and typically is the smallest. Sometimes you can get an adult size in four and a quarter inch, uh, and usually that's for uh, a specific racket for um, uh, ladies or younger players in general. Um, as you go up from there... Uh you go to four and a half and then four and five eighths. I personally prefer a four and five eighths grip with an extra over grip on top of that. I used to actually like it larger. In college I played with four and five eighths with two over grips over the top of it, um, which basically equaled about four and three quarters. And usually the best part of my game is my net play. I'm a servant volley player a lot of times in singles, and I'm a better doubles player than I am a singles player, so I like to spend a lot of my time at the net. And personally, I find that a larger grip helps me relax my hand a little more, and so when I'm having to hit low volleys or half volleys on my way to the net, and I have to have good touch and feel to keep the ball low to my opponent's, I feel like a larger grip kind of lends itself better to that kind of situation, again, so that my hand can stay a little more relaxed when I need it to be, and uh, I can have a little bit better feel of the ball. Now, that being said, if somebody handed me uh, a similar racket to what I play with at four and a quarter, um, I'm sure I could still hit comparable shots, but it's just a matter of personal preference. So Charles, when it comes, what it, what it really comes down to is what is most comfortable for you, and what type of tennis that you normally play. One other thing I'll add before we move on: when you're buying a racket, if you're not quite sure what you like yet, if if you're not quite sure what your preference is, or if you think your preference may change, I would definitely recommend starting off with four and three eighths as the racket's actual original size, uh, for the grip. And the reason for that is you can always build up the size of a grip and there's professional ways to do that with, uh, kind of a heat shrink, uh, sleeve that you can put over, uh, the grip that, um, a good racket technician can put on for you and and really make it a nice clean, uh, size up in grip. Um, so you can always make the grip larger by doing, um, actual sleeves over the grip, over the handle itself uh, below the grip, or you can make the grip larger simply by adding grips on top of what you already have. However, if you go out and buy a, a 4 and 5 eighths grip and then you decide you'd like something smaller, um, you're kind of out of luck. And the only thing you can really do at that point is go buy new rackets. So if you're not quite sure what you like, definitely go with a smaller grip, and you can always build up on top of that. Thank you for the question, Charles. And uh, sorry, it's not more technically advanced than that, but it really is personal preference. But in general, a smaller grip is used for more acceleration um, and getting more racket head speed. And in general, a larger grip is for better touch and feel. Our next question comes from Brian in Mammoth Lakes, California. Brian brings up a topic today that I think is a great topic that recreational players um, need to be aware of and need to know about because it's something that really can improve your game. And quite honestly, it's a topic that I was ne- I never really thought much about specifically, uh, consciously, until pretty recently. Another listener of the podcast asked me some specific questions about breathing during uh, her tennis play a couple of months ago, I think. And Brian here asked me a question specifically about breathing during his service motion. And I think it's really a good topic to talk about. Um, And it really relates to any kind of sport or athletic endeavor, uh, proper breathing. So here's Brian's question. He says, is there any theory on when to breathe during the serve? Back when my right hand could serve a fast, flat ball, I found that I could hit it harder if I inhaled as I tossed the ball and exhaled during the hit. Now I am exhaling as I lean forward during the preparation, inhaling slowly through the toss, and then breathing out as soon as I start to accelerate the racket. I keep breathing out until the service motion is complete. I haven't run into any breathing tips or steps before. Please uh, advise. Thanks again. Brian, I think that's a great question and something we're going to spend a couple minutes on here and talk about. First of all, um, exhaling is important or breathing in general is important because as you exhale... It relaxes your body, or it helps facilitate relaxing your body. Any anybody who's been listening to my podcast, the Essential Tennis Podcast, for any length of time, knows that I'm really big on staying relaxed as you play your tennis. The more relaxed you can get your body, the better your body performs. Uh, when when your muscles are tense and tight. It takes extra work to move different parts of your body when the muscles in those parts of your body are tense. So if you can find ways to further relax your body, your body will work more efficiently. And when you exhale and when you release a breath from your body, it helps facilitate relaxing your muscles and relaxing your body. And that's very important. The more relaxed your muscles are, the more efficiently they work. And so that means two things for your for your tennis and for any sport. It means that you will get more results out of the same effort level Um, if you put in, uh, you know, just as a really simple um, uh, demonstration um, or uh, example, rather. If you just put in, uh, let's say five out of ten effort on a forehand ground stroke, and your body is tense. You're only going to get a small amount of actual result, meaning speed or spin on the actual ball, out of that swing. However, if you relax and loosen your body up, and you put that same amount of effort in, if you swing at a 5 out of 10 speed on your forehand ground stroke with a relaxed body, you will get more results. you will get more speed on the ball, you will get more rotation on the ball, Because when your body is loose and relaxed, it's easier to accelerate your muscles and accelerate the racket as a result. So keeping your muscles relaxed is very important. Not only do you get more result for the same amount of effort, physical effort, but you have less chance of injury. A huge amount of tennis-related injuries come from tense muscles. And it's really a shame, but really, that's for... I mean, I've been teaching for a good amount of time now in several different club settings. I've seen a lot of different recreational-level players and high-level players, um, and I've seen a lot of different tennis-specific injuries. Most injuries, I feel, um, coming from tennis in the upper body have to do with poor technique, which results in lots of tension and uh, tight, you know, kind of short, quick strokes and that puts a lot of strain on your body. If you can learn how to relax more effectively, you will minimize your chance of injury. So, if you know how to breathe correctly, you can get more result for your swing and you'll have less chance of injury. Now, uh, just off the top of my head, I came up with a couple examples of different sports where you actually hear uh, a breath or an an exhale during um, the actual you know whatever the sport is that's being performed during the actual action first of all weightlifting anybody who's been to a gym or has had a trainer or has watched professional weightlifting knows that breathing is extremely important you need to exhale as you actually do the lifting or the pushing or, or whatever the physical exertion is that, that you're lifting uh, you need to breathe out as you lift the weights. If you don't, uh, you won't, it won't be as easy to lift whatever amount of weight you're trying to lift and it puts a lot of extra stress on your body and strain on your body. You can, you can get hurt very easily lifting weights without breathing properly. Um, martial arts. If you're into martial arts at all, any, any kind of martial arts, um, you know that um, a martial artist, when they perform a kick or a punch or any kind of move, um, they make an exhale. Uh, it's called a kaya. And that that helps focus their energy into whatever motion they happen to be performing. And it helps them maximize their efforts as they exhale um, it helps them perform their move more efficiently, and they get more out of it as well. It's, a, it's stronger because of that. Also boxing, if you've ever watched um, any level of boxing, you know that boxers, when they throw a punch, exhale as they throw a punch. So those are all examples of different sports and their use of exhaling. In tennis, it's known as a grunt. Um, And you may or may not make any sound as you actually do it, but believe it or not, there's actually a purpose to a professional tennis player's grunt, and that is to let a breath out right as they're making contact to release that tension and uh, let a breath go and relax their body to get as much out of the swing as possible. Also, as I mentioned in martial arts, It helps focus your efforts to a very specific point in time. It it helps you focus uh, all that uh, effort you're putting into your swing right at the moment of contact. So it's a focus tool and it's a relaxation tool to help you most efficiently use your body. So breathing out as you swing can really help improve your tennis. Next time you guys go out and play, be conscious and aware of of how you're breathing as you're playing out a point. You should be exhaling as you make a swing. Brian, sorry, I kind of uh, had a long explanation there. I wanted to make sure everybody was clear on why breathing is important and why an exhale as you swing or a grunt as you swing, there doesn't have to be a, a sound with it. Um, however, upper-level upper players, because they're putting so much effort into every swing, it just kind of naturally comes out a lot of times. Other players, you know, you could say, might do it more or less obnoxiously on, uh, on purpose. And uh, that may be the case in uh, some players. Uh, but anyway, um, the uh, the breathing out can definitely be important. Brian, judging on your description of what you're doing, it sounds like you're doing a great job. As you're preparing... Uh, And by the way, I, I like your second description better because you've added a second breath. You're breathing out as you lean forwards and prepare. And I think that's a great way to kind of clear your mind and focus and relax and prepare your body for actually beginning the swing. And then as you take your racket back and toss, you're breathing in again and then releasing it as you make your swing and through contact. That sounds excellent to me, and I know that that's the way that I do it. Um, The stroke that I definitely make the most noise on, if if I make any noise, is on my serve. And I think that should be the case for most people, because that's really the the only shot in tennis where you get to set up all by yourself and, and really use your entire body as effectively as possible and so pretty much every muscle group in your body should be used during your serve and that there's a lot of effort that goes into making a good serve and so releasing a breath as you actually make your swing is definitely a great idea Uh, we talked in podcast number 22 about all the different ways you can create power in your serve if you do all those five things together at once there's nothing wrong with letting the grunt out and just going going ahead and let, letting it fly and let a breath out. And if a little bit of noise comes out with it, that's perfectly fine. Um, you should be putting a lot of effort into accelerating your racket and accelerating your body upwards towards the ball. So, uh, Brian, hopefully that answers your question. Most of that was kind of talking about the importance of breathing. I really think that based on your description... You're you're spot on on what you're doing as far as the use of your breathing during your serve specifically, and this is kind of the the pattern you guys should be following for every stroke. Uh, you don't always have the uh, the time or the ability to uh, take perfectly spaced breath spaced breaths, obviously, and line everything up perfectly. However, as you make your swings, you should be breathing outwards to help your body relax, to get more results for your effort, and to minimize your chances of injury. The Essential Tennis Podcast is brought to you by Bridgewater Medical Group is a multi-specialty medical group located in Bridgewater, New Jersey, and is your home for primary care, gastroenterology, sports medicine, and general internal medicine. They offer a broad array of on-site, state-of-the-art services to make your healthcare experience more pleasurable. Scheduled appointments are preferred, but physician assistants are available for walk-in care. For more information, call Bridgewater Medical Group at 908-722-0808. For more information on sponsors of the Essential Tennis Podcast or to become a sponsor, visit www.essentialtennis.com. Our last question for today is another good one and I'm really looking forward to answering it and you guys will see why. It's another question from Brian in California. He wrote to me in in the same email as as, uh, the first question and said, so I went out today and hit 300 serves, 150 on each side. Well first off Brian, great job getting out there and practicing your serve all by yourself. I'm really proud of you for doing that. The serve is the most important shot in tennis, and you really can't practice it too much. And yet, it's a stroke that a lot of players don't go out and practice on their own, even though it's really the only stroke you can practice by yourself um, without the aid of a a ball machine or or a wall anyway. Now, on to his question. I have started to serve with, with some consistency and faster pace on the regular side, However, when serving on the ad side, I am hitting into the net and with half the amount of power. I am also giving myself classic tennis elbow and hurting my wrist getting the balls in. It is my understanding that you use the same stance and body angle on both sides, but I don't really know what should be different. It just seems that everything is off on that side. Something is definitely wrong. Help! Well, uh, one other side note here, Brian, as a a lefty tennis player myself, I I always think it's funny when people say stuff like, uh, I'll take the forehand side, and then I say, oh great, I will too. (laughs) My forehand side is on the ad side. Um, That usually confuses people the first time. Uh, But you say that you have consistency and faster pace on the regular side, and then on the ad side, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Anyway... As a left-handed player, I uh, find statements like that amusing. But let's get down to your problem. And the reason why I'm really looking forward to answering your question is I, I really enjoy helping people improve their technique, especially when their lack of good technique before was causing them injury. And as I stated earlier in this podcast, A great deal, a a very high percentage, in my experience, of upper body uh, injuries in tennis stem from poor technique and tension related to that that bad technique. And uh, when I can help somebody improve their technique and take pain away from them and help them play tennis pain-free because they have learned a better way to swing, I think that's awesome. And so I hope I can help you here. I, I don't have the luxury of actually seeing you serve. If, uh, if I could stand on the court with you and actually see your serve on the do side and the ad side, I'm quite confident I could give you an answer within three serves uh, what the problem is. However, just hearing you describe it, yeah, I have a pretty good idea of what's going on. Now, uh, you say that you assume that the setup should be pretty much the same for both the do side and the ad side and you are correct. Uh, you should be pretty much the same, set up on both sides, whether you're right or, or left-handed, set up pretty much the same way. Um, and that should be your the line that your shoulder plane is making. Uh, your, your core and your shoulders should be 90 degrees to the baseline, so you should be perpendicular to the baseline with your shoulders, and your stance with your feet should be at least 90 degrees to the baseline. In other words, if you were to just stand right on the baseline with your toes pointing forwards and facing the net, from there you want to take your right shoulder and your right foot back uh, to the right and rotate so that you are then perpendicular to the baseline. Now, I said before you need to at least be at 90 degrees with your stance. Um, myself, I, I I usually set up around... Um, Gosh, I don't know. It's probably around 120 degrees with my stance. Um, And so I'm a little bit past 90 degrees to help facilitate um, a nice big rotation with my core. Um, After I toss and after most upper level players toss, they rotate back past 90 degrees. And the front of their body, their chest, is actually facing back towards the fence uh, on the opposite side of the net. Um, and so they 're making more than a ninety degree rotation to set up for the big upward and forward push and rotation towards the ball uh, upwards uh, to make a good service uh, swing so uh, you should be set up in that same manner on both the deuce side and the ad side. You uh, seem to understand that already, and so it seems like you are doing that already, however, your symptoms your your pains seem to point elsewhere you say that your wrist h- has been hurting and you've been getting tennis elbow as well which is tendonitis and usually the bottom of the forearm there um, for a serve typically it would be the bottom of the forearm there's a little bony part um, underneath the top of your forearm kind of down by your elbow and that's usually where tennis elbow occurs for a serve or for a forehand so because you have those two problems, that means that you're using those two parts of your body uh, way too much over on the ad side. You should be using mostly your core, uh, your shoulders, your your chest, your your torso, your legs. You should be using those big parts of your body, uh, your, your shoulder as well. Did I say shoulder? I can't remember. Anyway, you should be using those big parts of your body uh, to power and strengthen your serve. Parts of your body, like your wrist and your forearm, while they are used, uh, are not what should be the driving force behind the actual acceleration of your serve. They're supporting parts and they do their job, don't get me wrong, you should be using your wrist and your forearm and your hand and hitting a good serve. However, because they're hurting on the ad side, that means you're not using your core properly. So that makes me think that you're probably not rotating your body enough initially to set up for your service swing. My guess would be that either you're starting off at less than 90 degrees to begin with before you even put your toss-up, and you're facing uh, the front of your body forwards towards the net too much. And when you start that way to begin with, that means that you don't have the benefit of your, your entire body rotating and accelerating around forwards towards the net to help accelerate the racket. And when that's not happening, it means the smaller parts of your body are going to have to make up for that. And that means your hand, your wrist, and your forearm. And and because those parts of your body are hurting right now and they're in pain, it means they're being overused. So either you're starting off facing too much forwards to begin with and you're too open uh, and facing the net to begin with before you even put your toss up. Or a lot of times um, I see people who have the same kind of problem start off perpendicular, and they are 90, de- 90 degrees to the baseline to begin with. However, once they put their toss up, they immediately rotate their body forwards as the toss goes up, and they kind of wait for the ball, and then they swing with their arm at the ball with their core already having been used up. And so they they prematurely rotate their core, Right after they toss, they kind of wait for the ball to come back down with their body facing forwards, and then the arm and the hand has to accelerate the racket up towards the ball, and they end up doing all the work. Um, I would I would bet that it's probably one of those two things that's happening for you on the ad side. On the deuce side, um, because you're hitting the ball from right to left and you're right-handed, Um, it means that you're swinging more across your body towards your target. And so you're probably using your core a little bit better kind of automatically over on the deuce side. Just because of the direction that you're trying to swing your racket, your body's probably rotating a little bit better over on that side of the court. So hopefully that makes sense, Brian. And hopefully you go out and... You know what? If you have a video camera go ahead and record it and and send me the video of your serve on both sides. And I'm sure I could come up with solutions for you right away. Um, If you don't, um, just try to be more aware and conscious of what's going on during your service swing on both sides. And get back to me and and let me know if my suspicions are correct. Um, However, when it comes down to it, Understand that those smaller parts of your body are hurting because they're being used way more than the bigger parts. And so some way or another, you're not using your core the way you should be. Um, And one of those two things I suggested, I would guess, would probably be the case. Um, If not, it's going to come down to some other way that your core is not being utilized correctly. And so to try to make up for that, you are using your forearm and your hand and your wrist much too much and that's what's stressing them out and making them painful all right that does it for essential tennis podcast episode number 23 guys thank you so much for joining me today thank you for listening i really appreciate your support in downloading the podcast and in listening and everybody who takes the time to write in questions as well Um, It really means a lot to me that you guys are are listening and it's great and it makes me feel good that it's actually doing some good out there and people are improving their tennis. I really look forward to continuing to make the podcast as good as possible with the help of you guys, the listeners. It's uh, dedicated to everybody out there who loves tennis. And go tell a friend about the podcast. I know a lot of you guys are, but I, I want to try to grow this and make it as, as big as possible. So if you have uh, tennis buddies that you like to hit with and, and play matches against uh, and practice with, spread the word. I'd I'd love to make the podcast as big as possible and make it as good as possible for everybody who it's benefiting. That does it for this week. Thanks again, everybody, for spending your time with me. It's been great. And I look forward to picking up the mic again next week. So until then, good luck with your tennis and take care.